Welcome into the show, everybody. This is a fantasy football podcast for your ears, and we are here, and we're going to talk some draft strategy as well as some risers and fallers from preseason week two. We're going to overreact a little bit because that's the fun of it, man. That is the fun of the preseason. We get to see some guys that have never played before. We get to see some roles that guys are stepping into throughout the league, and that is super exciting. Um, So let us waste no time, my friends. Let's talk some risers and fallers at the market. Apparently, fantasy Twitter is just going absolutely bonkers over none other than Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase famously had three drops over the weekend, and people have decided that Jamar Chase is awful now all of a sudden. (laughs) I guess Jamar Chase just does not know how to play football. Um, Yeah. Obviously not true. I was not liking Chase at his current ADP. I believe he's going late fourth, early fifth, and I just feel that there are other receivers before this appearance even happened that you could have gone or that you can go. Um, I'd take both the Bucks guys, you know, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, all of those players. I'd rather have an established veteran receiver over a rookie who has not played football in a year and a half. But I would have told you that before this past weekend. In fact, I did on a recent podcast. So um, Jamar Chase, you know, not his best outing, but let's try not to overreact to everything that we see in preseason. People are also freaking out about J.K. Dobbins because Gus Edwards and him were pretty close on the carry count. Obviously, you know my opinion on J.K. Dobbins. I feel that he is one of the best young talents at the running back position in the game today. Um, I'm not scared of Gus Bus. Gus Bus does not catch the football yes he might take some carries away during the regular season but at the end of the day John Harbaugh and the Ravens know who the most talented running back is on that roster it is none other than J.K. Dobbins I'm still buying all the J.K. Dobbins I can get and if he slips please come to Papa I will take that all day long and then Kenny Galladay the injuries are very concerning I actually drafted him in both leagues, both home leagues that I drafted this past weekend. And I'd be lying if I told you that I wasn't at least a little bit concerned at this point with Kenny Galladay. It's just always something with him, especially the soft tissue injuries. We know that the hamstrings definitely tend to linger. Someone to keep an eye on. I still believe that when he is healthy, he is right. He is that alpha wide receiver one, no question, locked and loaded, but We'll see. We will have to see. Obviously, a new team, and and we like to see when receivers switch teams that they're able to build chemistry with their new quarterback. I don't know how many times Kenny Galladay has practiced with Daniel Jones. I would imagine not many. So if he continues to fall, I'm still in on Kenny Galladay, especially in the sixth, seventh round. Earlier in the summer, he was going in the fourth or the fifth round, but He's now falling, and I am buying all the Kenny Galladay that I can because that is a lottery ticket waiting to happen. As far as risers, the market last week decided that after Malcolm Brown got more carries than Miles Gaskin, that Miles Gaskin was awful. And again, not to overreact, Miles Gaskin looked fantastic against the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, Atlanta Falcons this past weekend. The Falcons did not play any of their starters, but. Miles Gaston did look good. He's a lot better than Malcolm Brown as a Dolphins fan. But I will also say that Salvin Ahmed, the other running back in the backfield, I feel is just as good as Miles Gaskin. So Salvin Ahmed as a late round stash, 
is not the worst idea in the world. I really like grabbing him in the last round of drafts because he's free. And he played there for a stretch last year when Gaskin got hurt and actually did really well. So Salvin Ahmed is a guy that I'm targeting, but Miles Gaskin in my home league this past weekend fell all the way down to the seventh round. I'll take that all day long. We overreacted in week one. We're overreacting in week two because that's just what we do in preseason NFL football by Miles Gaskin. He's going to be a solid flex at the least this year because I don't expect Malcolm Brown to eat into the workload or maybe make the team. I, I Malcolm Brown's just not good. Trey Lance tore it up, tossed a couple of touchdowns, second week in a row. I don't see how he isn't starting, at least in the second or third month of the season. Yeah, you let Jimmy G start the season if you want to, Kyle Shanahan. But Trey Lance, he was really raw coming out of school, but he is ready. He looks ready. He is going to be a lot of fun, and the Niners are going to be a lot of fun this year too now that they're healthy. And then Zach Wilson. Also played really well. It's good to see the Jets being competent on the football field for once. Living in Connecticut, I have so many friends that are Jets fans that just have been to hell and back. And maybe that doesn't even describe it the last couple years. As a Dolphins fan, I know what Adam Gase coaching a team is like. I know we always harp on that, but um, it was nice to see the Jets look competent. I'm not saying that they're going to be good this year, but they will be a lot better than the high school team that they were last season and then the Bears Andy Dalton looked like Andy Dalton no surprise there Justin Fields really is showing promise Matt Nagy yesterday was quoted as saying Andy Dalton is still no question the starter and he got ripped apart on Twitter all the replies were hysterical <laughs> but I, I I don't see how you start Andy Dalton when you have Justin Fields ready to go I, I feel that if the draft the NFL draft were today then Justin Fields might go second overall because he looks that good. He looks the part. And I don't understand in the slightest how he fell all the way to Chicago there, all the way to pick 12 or 13, whatever it was, because I, I don't know what the reasoning was, but he is a really good player. Um, Lance and Fields for me is a toss-up, but I think that both players are for sure better than Zach Wilson as prospects. And that was the risers and the fallers from preseason week two. And now we can talk some draft strategy. I had both home league drafts. One was a super flex, crazy bonus league. And the other is just a regular double flex PPR league that I'm in. Um, I'd rather discuss the PPR league that I'm in because I feel that that pertains a lot more to the listeners. You know, a lot of listeners don't really do super flex. If you don't know what super flex is, it's uh, when you have two quarterbacks or you have one quarterback designation and then the other is an offensive player. Usually you do quarterback because they score the most points, especially in the league that I'm in, especially with all the bonuses. I'm not going to go too far into that, but um, we're just going to talk some draft strategies because I think that next week, this coming weekend is the biggest weekend of the year in terms of fantasy football drafts. And that is really exciting. If you have your draft this weekend, that's awesome. Um, have a blast because truthfully it is the best day of the year because there are no bad teams there everyone is zero and zero and that's what makes it fun especially if you have a great home league like we do with all our buddies so yeah this year more than any other year I, I feel that you have to go running back early very early the first 11 picks were in a 10-team league were all running backs it went McCaffrey Cook Kamara Elliott 
Henry, Chubb, Barkley, Eckler, Jones. And I had the 10th pick, so I went Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. I think that Harris gets the workload, Mixon gets the workload. If you can secure two solid running backs like that, then you do because running backs are few and far between. The first non-running back to come off the board was Tyree Kill, followed by Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams at 14th overall. Shout out John Ralston. That is probably the biggest steal of the draft, getting my wide receiver one by far at 14th overall is such a steal. And honestly, I questioned if I should have taken Devontae Adams over Joe Mixon. You know, looking back, maybe that would have been a better idea because we know how good Adams is. But nonetheless, 15, Antonio Gibson, followed by Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, and DK Metcalf to round out the second round. I'm not going to go through the whole draft. But those were the first 20 picks. Not too many surprises. Elliott at four uh, was a bit of a surprise to me. I actually was the fifth overall pick and was targeting Ezekiel Elliott like crazy. My friend Tyler had the fourth overall pick, and I thought that he was going to go Derrick Henry. He went Elliott, so I traded back to the 10th spot because I was not really in love with any of the guys that were up at the fifth pick after Elliott. I think that Elliott's going to have a huge year. If I was at third overall, I would take Ezekiel Elliott this year. That's how good I feel that he's going to be. But... In regular leagues, there are a couple of different strategies that I think people can go with. You can go with a running back heavy, which is where you grab two running backs the first two rounds. That's my favorite approach, depending on who is on the board. I went Mixon and Harris with Hill, Kelsey, and Adams on the board. Looking back, I somewhat wish that I went with one of the two big receivers because I think that those receivers are maybe a little more valuable than one of my two running backs uh, but, you know, you draft in the moment, and that's what it is. Um, Kelsey, I was thinking about, but I was able to actually snag Kittle in the fourth round, so I'm not angry there. Um, but if you get two running backs, receiver this year is just so deep to where I don't feel that you need an alpha elite receiver. For example, in this league, my first three picks were actually running backs. Um, I grabbed Dobbins in the third, Kittle in the fourth. That was good. And then I, I slammed receiver. I went four straight receivers. Deontay Johnson, Kenny Galladay, Robbie Anderson, and Cortland Sutton thereafter. Uh, one of those guys, two of those guys will emerge. And if they don't, later in the draft, I was able to grab Marquise Brown and Cole Beasley. Uh, receiver is deep, man. I mean, receiver is so deep this year. And I, I think that having a top five receiver will definitely help. I, I'm not against that, but I just think that the – the value relative to the thinness at the running back position is just no debate. It's just no debate. Um, so my four, first four picks were Mixon, Harris, Dobbins, and Kittle. And uh, in our league, quarterback doesn't matter too much. So I was able to grab Joe Burrow with the second to last pick. So that's running back heavy. I really liked how my team turned out. I'll read you the full roster. Joe Burrow at quarterback, Mixon and Harris running backs, uh, Johnson and Galladay presumably with Kittle. And then my double flex will either be Robbie Anderson, uh, Cortland Sutton, Dobbins, obviously. Uh, you know, I'll mix and match. My team's really deep. It's cool. I think that in these kind of leagues, quarterback is a dime a dozen. You don't need an elite one, um, especially if you don't play in a six-point per passing touchdown league. And if you don't want to get an elite tight end, that is totally cool too. Uh, I took Kittle because I couldn't pass up the value in the fourth round. 
My friend Drew actually took Darren Waller in the fourth round, which was a really nice find for him too. But if you're not going to go with an elite tight end, I think that you should wait. You know, maybe Mark Andrews, but that's the only other guy that I would consider outside of the top, like eight or nine tight ends. I think that after that elite tier, it really gets all the same, all similar. You know, in the fifth round, would you rather have Mike Evans or Mark Andrews? I'm going Mike Evans all day. Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, Tyler Lockett, Mark Andrews. You get my point. Um, So I think for tight ends, it's elite or late, as they say. Uh, Running back balanced. So that was RB heavy. Running back balanced is where you take a running back in the first round and then you take a non-running back in the second round. Again, you have to see how the board falls because every draft is so different. But a running back balanced team that I really liked in my home league was actually Drew's team who picked ninth. He went Aaron Jones in the first, grabbed Tyree Kill and Terry McLaurin in the second and third and grabbed Darren Waller in the fourth. Daryl Henderson in the fifth, Javante Williams, Juju, Hawkinson, Michael Carter, those were his first eight picks. And those were really good. His team ended up being very balanced and I feel one of the better teams in the league. You don't have to secure two running backs with your first two picks. I like to, but if you have Tyree Kill there with Aaron Jones, that's a heck of a start too. I think that he is one of the most balanced teams in the league. And if you fill out your roster, especially in 10 team leagues with elite good players, you cannot go wrong at all. And then zero RB, we didn't really have a zero RB in this draft. Um, I suppose that if someone were to start Kelsey Adams, that's not the worst start in the world. I just don't like having my RB1, especially if you go like crazy zero RB, you know, where you have Mike Davis and, uh, you know, Miles Gaskin as your RB1 and 2. I can't afford to do that. But if someone went modified zero RB where they did go, uh, Hill and Kelsey or Devontae and Kelsey or uh, Devontae and Diggs the first two rounds and then they came back around and grabbed like a Swift, a Montgomery, a Carson, a Dobbins in the third round. Okay, I, I, I don't hate that. I just think that receiver this year relative to the running back position is so much deeper and having an elite running back, having a really good running back, at least one is just something that is needed, um, especially in these kinds of leagues. And then modified zero RB is where you pick a top dog running back and then you wait until like the sixth or seventh round. Um, An example of a team that I really liked that did that in my home league was Spear. Uh, He grabbed Christian McCaffrey first, then his next picks were as follows. DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Josh Allen, Chris Godwin. Those were his first five picks. And then he grabbed Chase Edmonds in the sixth. I mean, boom, that is loaded. Absolutely loaded. I love that start. Um, you guys know that I'm a two running back guy, no question, um, unless the board is, is really talking to me, but I think that Spears approach worked well as well. The modified zero running back approach. When you have a stud like McCaffrey, it's literally like having two players at that position. Um, so yeah, those are the, the main and basic draft strategies, uh, if you will, for home leagues, for regular 10 and 12 team leagues. And I think that as the leagues get bigger, you know, if you go to 12, 14, 16, running back becomes even more thin. Um, I think that in a 10-team league, modified 0RB, regular, you know, running back, balanced, you can get away with. But once it gets to, to the bigger leagues, um, you know, where the running backs just become so thin, especially if you pass up in the first two picks a running back, you're just setting yourself up for failure. 
or at least you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, I feel. Yes. And then one more thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, taking an elite quarterback or a late-round quarterback. I've always been a late-round quarterback guy. I think that the value at the position, especially in non-superflex and non-two-quarterback leagues, is just unmatched. I think that every year you can really find good players, good quarterbacks on waivers. Last year I found Justin Herbert, uh, Patrick Mahomes. First year as a starter, I found him on waivers. Um, the list kind of goes on. You know, Josh Allen was you know a flyer last year, finished as a top three quarterback. And I think that I'd rather play the waiting game, stream game, than spend a fourth round pick on Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes. You know, I'm, I'm passing up Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Mike Evans, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Darren Waller, George Kittle for a quarterback. You know, I think the only quarterback that actually makes sense to do that for is Pat Mahomes because over the last three years, he's averaged a whole two and a half points more than any other quarterback in fantasy football. So yes, Pat Mahomes, if you want to go ahead and pull the trigger, I don't have a problem. But I remember Lamar Jackson last year being an early third round pick. How'd that turn out? How'd that turn out? Would you rather have uh, Lamar Jackson of last year, Keenan Allen, Clyde Edwards-Elair, David Montgomery, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift? I mean, it just does not make sense unless it's Mahomes to take a quarterback early, earlier than the fifth round for me um, in those kind of leagues. So that's what I wanted to discuss today. And if your draft is coming up, absolutely have a blast a little bit of a shorter show today but um draft well secure the running back and have a great day stay safe guys take care